Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness, in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Keenan Bonner, Sean Shoot, and Jack Harper. The matchup we'll be getting into this week is 2002's The Born Identity against 2014's Kingsman The Secret Service, as we continue our quest to determine the greatest action movie since 1990 and see who will face Casino Royale in round two. How's everyone doing today? All good, all good. Very well. Yeah, good, mate. Hopefully we'll have... um, a bit more decorum on this podcast than last <laughs> week. Last week, after about 20 minutes, we I think we all kind of acknowledged together this is going nowhere. Yeah, it's a bit of a madhouse, wasn't it? When a, like when a supply teacher loses control of the class and, and it it. breaks for that split second, then you know that they aren't getting the class back. And that's how I felt. You do look a bit like a supply teacher, to be fair. School of Rock style. I'll make a... <clears throat> The next NWA. <laughs> With me as the lead man, of course. <laughs> so anyway, I'll say now we've got one more week next week of our action bracket before we pause and go into our Christmas bracket. We'll have TK back then too. So we'll have five people on starting the 27th of November to go through four episodes there. As much as I would love to spend my Christmas with all of you, I'm not sure the feeling is mutual, so I don't think I was going to get any of you on on Christmas Eve. So, got a plan yeah, in advance, haven't we? But we got plenty to get into. We've got interviews to be dropped. Me and Jack have just spoken to the director of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. So we're going right back from 1989, that was, and at the end, we asked him his favourite Christmas film, which is Bad Santa. So it ties in nicely to one of our other interviews. For now, action films. The Bourne Identity is a good place to start. Sean, I know you're a big fan. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I think, um, <clears throat> well, this film and then obviously the subsequent two as well. I mean, we don't talk about Legacy. Um, but yeah, it's probably... Do you talk about Jason Bourne? What did you say? You talk about Jason Bourne. Jason, yeah, so I think you can you can mention that you mentioned that briefly. I don't think you you don't really you only really recognised the first three though. Um, but yeah, that I was, probably I was thinking, benefited from uh, the fact that Legacy came before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I think it's because I was thinking earlier when I first watched uh, Identity again. It's probably the series of films or the franchise that I've seen the most. Like, I can't think of any other franchise where i've seen one two and three that many times like in you know compared to star wars or the rings or what about american pie american pie would probably run it close you're right um but i think Bourne would take it though but that is that is a good one actually i am um, i've consciously made sure i didn't watch any of the uh subsequent two before we did this pod and i yeah. did the same with watching the second kingsman because they can quite easily all morph in together. So, yeah, I get you. We'll keep it to this one. And then, depending on how the result goes, maybe when we do our points to consider, we can check in any about the sequels 
of the one that uh, is eliminated. So mm -hmm. we'll do it that way. Synopsis of Born Identity then. A man is picked up by a fishing boat, bullet riddled and suffering from amnesia for racing to elude assassins and attempting to regain his memory. As far as synopsis go, that's quite a good one. I would say so. It's difficult with the Bourne films because they're so brilliant, but they're like straight down the line, aren't they? Like You know what you're getting. Racing you know to elude assassins, though, is a good little synopsis. And we didn't know what we were getting at the time of, with Bourne. No, that's true, actually. Yeah, thinking of it before, before you watch it. We did Casino Royale last week, right. and they were right. saying that they essentially changed things up to keep up with Bourne. So. I can see why they needed to as well. Is that kind of new age gritty spy instead of spy thriller instead of the kind of outlandish, far fetched storylines? Yeah, well, I've got the critics' reviews here, so uh, we can see what the critics thought. So, although the basic amnesia plot sets up a potential for excitement, the editing immediately becomes the most detrimental component of the action packed world of Jason Bourne will encounter. Did you have any issue with the editing in this? No, I don't think I did. I thought no, no. everything was like overcast, grayscale. There was nothing in there apart from the storyline drawing you in. And I like the idea as well of like an American spy agency going through Europe as well. I know to us, it probably won't seem that far out of left field but to an american watching that i thought that'd been a quite a cool change of pace really from all the different spy films that you see i get what they say when they say um well actually no quite the opposite using the basic amnesia plot which they use as like a selling point here if you told me that at face value i would probably think that we've seen that all before but this at least does bring a bit of Maybe not a different swing to it, but at least they do it very well. Yeah. Um, the franchise took a marked upturn in later instalments, but a fair first entry nonetheless. Breathtakingly, beautifully simple. Yeah, Whether you can see... Go on, sorry. I was just going to say, it's probably the one that I agree with the most. Just, it is what it is. It's a brilliantly choreographed action film. Yeah. Uh whether you consider it a smart thriller or a paint-by-numbers spy caper, The Born Identity is a dynamic interpretation of Robert Ludlum's best-selling novel. I don't know if everyone's expecting, like, the Da Vinci Code when they tune in to see a thriller. Like, it's simple, but do you really... We, I mean, we had Crank last week, so it can be far more simple than, the, than, than they're saying this is. Everyone's a bit quiet today. Keen has been muted. I thought we'd have a bit more passion from Sean. I did that. <laughs> yeah, I'm here, but you, he left me. Oh, I just realised I was on mute as well. Oh, oh, your audio is breaking up a treat, and I don't know if it's me or you. That's what I've been trying to figure out. Sorry. Is it me? Anyone else having any issues? No, all good. Keen, can you hear me now? I don't think he can hear you. Pr proceed. Leave the, leave the call and come back, and you should be fine. Sean, okay. do you think this is overly simple, or do you think it's like is that is that any kind of drawback to you or not? Uh, no, no, I think I'd probably you know take what you said. I say it doesn't have to be like the Da Vinci Code or Inception. Like sometimes just a simple idea can be good, and if you don't overcomplicate it, so no. Keenan, um, you've got your video on, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I don't know what if. Uh, 
don't know if you're doing a podcast in the buff or what. I thought you'd uh, we'd save you there. Carry no, on, no. Never mind. Me or... No, no, me. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Oh, what was I talking about? Yeah, and then like, like we've talked about in um like other episodes we've done from the comedy but also actions like some of the synops synops what's the word again synops synopsis synopsis yeah um, <laughs> some of those have just been like easy one line and it's still a great film so so no I don't yeah. think it's overly simple because then there's still kind of complex storylines in terms of how he figures out like who he is and it's CIA and spies and stuff so no I don't think that's a drawback on it we didn't set the bar very high last week we also haven't kicked off physically well this week so we've got some saving to do um a suspenseful thriller that showcases stunning visuals great acting and a story that will keep you entertained from start to finish so quite literally the opposite of the one that we just had before about it being overly simple (laughs) that's critics for you keenan can you uh hear us all right now yeah, 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 I'm good. So I'm good. I'd asked you just before you cut out, and I was saying, do you think the critics are fair in saying that this is overly simple, or do you not think that at all with this? Um, I, I don't, I don't think, it, I don't think it's necessarily, I don't think it's necessarily unfair. It is, it's, it's not the, it's not the hardest film in the world to follow, but it being simple. Any action film being simple, I don't think it is necessary to its detriment because for X amount of it, how much plot do you really want? You want yeah. most people. Most people put an action film on. Like the example I'll give you is Bad Boys Two, probably one of the simplest <laughs> plots you're going to get. But you know exactly what you're going to get with it. It's going to be quite funny. People are going to get shot at and beaten up, and it's going to going to be some explosions. And I'm more than happy to. I'm more than happy with that. I don't think, think this is overly complex. But I don't. I don't think it being simple is a detriment to it at all. They marked down um, Man on Fire for having some build up and having some character development. Yeah, I mean, to, to be fair, so did I. That was my biggest drawback about it was waiting waiting an hour for anything to happen. Yeah, so I mean, I, I, these are the same critics. That, <laughs> no, no, I know, I know, but I don't. Like I say, I don't. If I want to watch a thriller and I want to watch something with suspense and build it, that's what I choose to watch. Yeah. But, but I, do, I, do, I don't ever obviously I can't really remember I don't really remember this being released and being a phenomenon but I might have been a bit too young I just remember watching this for the first time one of my mates lent me the box set actually the three yeah, DVDs I got the box set so I was yeah. following it along at the same time no, some, someone, um, some, someone gave me the box set and said yeah mate you think, you think you're quite like them and I lent them off him and watched them all night one, night two, night three because I enjoyed them that much um the Bourne Identity is a well-written action spy film that stays true to its espionage thriller genre while inflicting flinch-inducing moments of pure cinematic action. This is a long, sweet breath of fresh air in the action genre. Uh, plenty of cool fight scenes, edited such that although they are fast-paced, you can actually see what's happening. So, good compliment there. <laughs> uh one of the many problems, other than Damon's lack of emotion, is the fact that there's no suspense. Do you think that's what? fair, Sean? No. There's loads of suspense. Yeah, I'm just, <clears throat> hey, just asking, asking you if you agree with the critics. <laughs> uh, the way you phrased that, I thought... You... No. Nah. Um, I think that when it's more of a enduring kind of 
he's on the run from pretty much like five minutes in. So maybe it's not the same as when you get something like, uh, say, a quiet place where she's hiding in the bathtub and you the suspense of, is he going to hear in there? Is he not? With this, it's very much straight through. But then I, I, I do disagree with there being no suspense. I think that at times there they just raise the levels a bit more for you. Yeah. Yeah. Carry on, Jack. I was just going to say, like for example, when they go to the apartment in Paris, when there's a slight lull, trying to taps in the apartment, trying to settle in a little bit, and then all of a sudden they can they know that someone's there. Um, that suspense in just in that one bit. So I don't agree with. I shattered brick when he came through the window. Yeah, exactly. That <laughs> caught me so off guard. <laughs> the Born Identity is a blockbuster without a point. Despite its good-looking veneer, its breakneck pace, its daisy chain of expert set pieces, some crucial logic or motive appears to have been junked along the way. I think, again, though, it's one of those where it, you'd, I imagine they knew it was going to be a series beforehand because of the books. So... They can't give it all away in the first instalment of that series. So, that again, that review, it kind of leaves me wondering. They're obviously teeing themselves up for the series. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're not going to know it all. Aspires to be both a whammo action blockbuster and an intelligent think piece. A delicate balance for any film to pull off. Provides yeah. nail-biting suspense. So throwback to the one <laughs> points ago. Provides nail-biting suspense. Incredible characters without relying on technology of the moment, technique, or pretentious dialogue. I think that's the main point that I took from it when I was trying to write down my most memorable lines. And like the dialogue, like I said, is pretty straight down the line, isn't it? It's not well, usually. Bad. If you have ones like this where. There isn't a whole load of build-up. You get the awful lines where um, they'll say, like, what do you mean you've completely forgotten your memory and you need to go here to try and remember things and put it back together? <laughs> yeah. And they'll say it in the ridiculous way just to, to bridge doing an extra scene in there. Yeah. And this does all feel pretty natural. So yeah. they've done well there, considering how naturally can be with having no memory. Yeah. Uh, the climax lacks the punch and satisfaction it could have delivered in a true clash of the titans. Now, I do agree with that. Yeah, it reminds but... me of um, Fellowship of the Ring, where you've had all the action, so you can't say you haven't been spoiled there. But the way the film's going does look like you're veering up for that big finale. And then with... With the Harry Potter films, and this is a comparison to go from Bourne to Fellowship of the Ring to Harry Potter, but with the fact that you know there's another one coming each time, but they are very to the point where you have the issue, you have solving the issue, and the conclusion each time. Whereas this... It hasn't like... ended, though, because they, they go off to Mexico or wherever they are, and he walks into the, the shop. That, and finds that him actually him. annoyed me as well, because... If the whole thing is, you need to stay away from me because I'm putting you in danger, this is such an issue, don't show up when I've got this nice little life for myself out here now. Give me a big (laughs) grin and say I don't have any ID. Yeah, plus as well, she dies in literally the opening scene, doesn't she, in the next film? So 
he's literally ruined her life and then killed her. <laughs> You've also ruined that because I'd forgotten that happened. So uh, that's <laughs> tonight's film. Ruined for me. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to drop a little spoiler alert just in case anyone's not seen 2006 uh, number two. Yeah, uh, I've always... 14 years to watch it. That, that's it. I've, I've seen them. I've not seen them for a while. So <laughs> I do. I in terms of the ending, love conquers all, doesn't it? That's what I mean, it can't stay yeah. away. Yeah, it's a sweet well, little moment. Was it love or was it Stockholm syndrome? Fuck knows. I really don't think he knows. Some would say <laughs> they're the same thing. Wow. Oh. We'll move on on that note. <laughs> um, a nice way to sum it up, actually. Uh, some say this movie lacks character development, but I'd like to know exactly how you develop a character who doesn't know who he is. <laughs> yeah. Some of these critics almost seem to resent the fact that they're in the job. <laughs> With some of these reviews, it's like, what do you expect me to write here? Yeah. Uh, I, like, I don't know. I, like, I do, we do this every week, and I reckon 75% of them just annoy me. Like, on, on, <laughs> on a side... In, on a sliding scale of how much they annoy me, but some of them make me genuinely enrage me. Uh, some of them just, <laughs> some of them do just annoy me a little bit. I will pat myself on the back because the ones I've picked, obviously, I've done the job there as well. Yeah, I know it's your choice. I could, I could go and do my own <laughs> exterior research and find all, all the decent reviews, but I'm never going to do that. Well, we got some trivia then, so as always, I'll run through and interject at any point. So. Matt Damon climbed down to 30 feet of the building himself without a stunt double. He called it the most grueling thing he ever had to do. Yep. Cool. Well, sounds fucking horrific. <laughs> um, the red bag that Bourne uses in the consulate is now owned by Adam Savage of Mythbusters and contains all the props that Jason pours onto the desk in his house in Paris. Fair play. <laughs> uh, Matt Damon trained in the Filipino martial art Kali for the movie. Kali involves using the aggressor's energy against him and conserving your own energy. Another one where he's had a decent time doing his work pre-film. I bet I bet that weren't decent. I know he's from I know he's from like you got a little bucket I know he's from Boston and Spanish. probably throw a few hands. But mate, he's in the Philippines getting probably getting fuck knocked out of him for six weeks before he like, even if they're taking it easy, they've still got to show him, so he's still getting battered on the daily, haven't he? I actually watched this a bit different. Sorry, Joe. I watched this a bit differently because I detest his character in The Departed that much that I do associate that with just Matt Damon now. Really? <laughs> he's very good in it, though, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's unreal. I mean, to be fair, he's great in He's one of them. He's just minting everything. It's yeah. just a Rolls Royce, isn't it? You just know what you're getting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely hit for What were you going to say before, Jack, before I carry on? I was just going to say, I, was, I wonder if he still knows it all, where... Someone came up to him in the street. They just got some black <laughs> Just Jason Bourne them into the ground. Well, I thought on Monday when watching it that I'm backing myself against Clive Owen in a fight. So if he hears this... <laughs> How can you back consider this King Arthur? Consider this a call-out. You don't want our smoke, by. I do, honestly. He's smoking you early doors. <laughs> he may have pulled the sword from the stone or whatever this business. He's not seen a jab like this. <laughs> Am I check hook? Check hook. Christ almighty. Please stop this now. Let's move on. <laughs> As of 2014, this is the only film in the Bourne series with any resemblance to the plot of the book on which it's purportedly based. 
and it's a very loose adaption. All of the movies in this series are original screenplays that only use the titles of the novels by Robert Ludlum. Did you know, with this, sorry, this is, might be in your trivia, so if it isn't, sorry. I had no idea that this was made for, like, a, it was a TV movie in America before it, they, they decided to do this version of it. No, I didn't know that, and it's not in my trivia. Oh, yeah, it was, it was like, um, I think the book was written sometime in the 80s, maybe? 70s, 80s, sorry if I'm wrong, but it was like, and then, like, the late 80s, well, it must have been, the maximum of the 80s because it was like the late 80s they did um they did a tv movie oh, apparently and the, the tv movie would not feature well on this runtime three hour five <laughs> jesus jeez they've just done three films in one <laughs> three hour five like christ um most of the u.s marines in the zurich consular were actually marine security guards assigned to embassies in europe at the request of producer frank marshall they used their own uniforms, worked with the director on dialogue, which was eventually cut, and developed the tactics they use in clearing the embassy. Hmm. Essentially, you see a SWAT team and they do just that little thing where they like have their palm outstretched and they do like they're going to do like rock paper scissors in their hand and then just gesture to someone to go down a corridor, and that's like as complex as you get. So, sure, you need though, isn't it? You don't want <laughs> like you. You do see some films where throughout it, you get about five minutes of hand signals, and like it's it's interesting. But ultimately, we we're, we're going to get to see where you go, so it's it's not it's not overly required. The the two times I've been, I've not enjoyed either. But people at paintballing, they go in there, they're, like, they're in the SAS, oh, Christ, doing their hand not. signals and marching on like that. I remember yeah. last last time I went to paintball, someone was wearing football boots. And I thought that was a <laughs> genius idea. Last and... time I went paintballing, me and Sean hid for twenty minutes and then escaped under the netting. Nice. Oh my god. And then I gave someone else my paintball, so I didn't want to do the final go. I uh, I've got a scar on my stomach where someone shot me from about three feet away. Goodness, we it's the what, Sean? It's the only thing in the world where if anyone suggests it or I hear the idea of it. I'm really excited and I want to go. But then as soon as I'm there, I just hate the whole experience. I'd like to do it. I'd like to do it in the summer once, actually. Cause, but I've, I've been about three times. Every time it's autumn slash winter, pissing down, slipping on your ass constantly. And then, but then you, you just, just got sweat some... everywhere when it's hot as well. So. Yeah, but that's, that's fine. I'd rather actually then be minus two shoot, like then covered in mud, mud all down to one side of me because I've fallen over about eight times. And I've got some prick trying to take the head off me with a paintball. I actually lost shoes there as well. <laughs> me, me, me and Sean were shook as it was, hiding behind this barrel as people were gradually closer. And there was this little kid that steps out into the open and started crying, saying he wanted to leave. And we just seen him get pinged by about 20 people as if we weren't terrified enough. and just had to leg it away. Oh, man. There's little chubby kids just getting pinged. Yeah, that did feel lovely. we've we've not experienced actual war, but that felt as close as you get to actual war. Just so towering behind a barrel, seeing a kid get shot. That was Ben Stiller losing his legs in Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Oh my word. We went to school and TK got pinged school. in the TK got yeah, TK got pinged in the neck. And on the coach back, like nine different people claimed it. Like they were proper proud of it while he's holding his neck and had this big lump pop out oh my god which was someone else got teachers shot thought that was a nuts. good idea someone oh, else got man. shot in the nuts and um had like a, a growth on there for well it might still be there now Bloody so, hell. could have been worse 
Yeah, confirmed. I feel I hurt enough getting shot in the stomach. <laughs> I got the first shot I took was um, in the mouth guard and saw the paint just exploded in my mouth. <laughs> Nasty. Um, in the script, Marie screamed and cried after seeing the assassins jump out the window. But Franca Patente just decided instead to play the scene like she was in shock, which I do think works better. Yeah. yeah. Although it took me a minute to realise what was going on. Quite often, I would prefer shock to hysterics. Yeah. Yeah. Quite, a, quite a lot of big moments in films. Like some, yeah, carry on, but quite a lot, the hysterics sort of detract from it because your camera bangs straight on that. Isn't it? it would also turn me off the person that's involved in there as if I would be completely stone-faced in that situation. But oh, no, confirmed. I'd it would annoy me seeing you, seeing you be seeing the person in the film screaming their head off. It's like, right, I'm hoping you're next. <laughs> Um, Robert Ludlum died while the film was in post-production on 12th of March 2001 so didn't ever get to see it that was just just the trivia Yeah, I was expecting a little bit more time not Uh, just he's dead dead. (laughs) didn't get to see the finished film Um, Brad Pitt was offered the role of Jason Bourne but turned it down to do Spy Game which was released in 2001 I've not seen it to know if that's a good choice or not. Well, they didn't make a Spy Game 2 and 3, did they? That's all we'll say. No franchise there. Um, Probably Damon's most famous role as well, isn't it, outside of Goodwill. During production, Universal constantly sent memos to the director, Doug Lyman, after viewing the dailies. One such memo urged him to consider using a montage accompanied by suitable wrap-up music to introduce the final act, in quotations, like Tony Scott shoots. Uh, Lyman sent the studio a message back letting them know that if that's the ending they wanted maybe they should hire Tony Scott to film it. <laughs> Doug Lyman coming with the work. Love it. Well, well Tony Scott's the one that did uh, Man on Fire so I oh, know. Uh, if you Man on Fire this I don't think it's the same film as much no. as I did like Man on Fire. Um, Doug Lyman also the guy who did um, Swinners Keenan so this guy has mm. got some range. Exactly. I mean, Vince, Vince could probably be born. That's all I'll say. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, after getting recognition for Swingers, uh, Doug Lyman knew he wanted to adapt Robert Ludlum's book. Uh, he piloted a plane to Ludlum's home in Glacier National Park in Montana to ask for the right person. Do you know, like, it makes me, it makes me laugh so much, some of the stories that you hear about these people. You just think, what fucking life are you living? <laughs> like, it's not, not being funny. I'm sat doing a pod, well, as much as I love it, but I'm sat under the covers in a, in a bed in my, in, my, in my mom and dad's house. And he's, he's after piloting planes to go and see if someone will let him make a film. <laughs> Fuck, you know. The cheek of just turning up. <laughs> yeah, unannounced. Anywhere I can land, land my plane, please, mate. <laughs> uh, several different endings were considered. One in which all the Treadstone assassins converge on Bourne, who's aboard a cargo ship. A pursuit occurs through the hold of the ship. Um, another ending was considered where Bourne is pursued by assassins on motorbikes with rockets. Lead actor Damon reportedly hated this scripted ending and refers to it as that damn rocket and motorbikes ending. Damon <laughs> felt the gun blazing style ending. Uh, the gun blazing style ending went against the reality and the grip that the earlier parts of the screenplay had set up. He's got, or, or maybe it's because he was just so involved with Goodwill and Good but. You hear stories about Damon's contribution to films outside of acting. He just knows it, doesn't he? I feel like if they had got Tony Scott to shoot this, 
it we ends with the motorbikes and the rockets <laughs> for sure. <laughs> well, he, yeah, he's pioneered putting an RPG out of the window for yeah. no reason. <laughs> so he absolutely, if he can get him on motorbikes with the rockets, he's all in. One hundred. I genuinely, as much as I do love our scene, I, get, I almost gave it a favourite scene when we did the pod. I reckon, <laughs> I reckon they had that little bit of dialogue, and Tony Scott was like, "How can I make it as ridiculous as possible?" When he throws <laughs> that out there. Um, I don't know if this will mean much to anyone that likes watches. So Jason Bourne finds a tag or a link chronograph auto CT five triple one wristwatch in the bank box. And he continues to not only wear it for the rest of the film, but the rest of the Bourne series. The reason Damon is not listed as an ambassador for them is simply because he prefers Rolex. He actually wears a vintage Rolex Oyster Perpetual Explorer 1016. Uh, Damon went to a college reunion back in 2002 and bought each of his 36 classmates a $3,623.18 Rolex watch. Jeez. You want to be his mate, don't you? That's that's what you want. Is that not like I guess for the people that he didn't get on with at school, it's a win for them because they get a Rolex watch. In his point of view, is that just flexing on them, saying I care about you this little that I can just get you a Rolex and not even blink? No, I don't know. I did. I did. I did the cynical view out. from you, I think. Yeah, well, if he... I don't like someone, I'm not getting him a Rolex. And does. Do any of you like every single person in your class at school? I couldn't even name every single person in my class at school. <laughs> no. Uh, Russell Crowe, Matthew McConaughey and Sylvester Stallone were also considered for the role of Jason Sylvester Stallone? No, no Mel Gibson this week, no? <laughs> no. I feel like this must have been before Doug Lyman had the rights, surely. Or this is the studio because... Everything else he's said, I can't see him going to Sly Stallone. <laughs> I don't Matthew know. McConaughey, I could see. Yeah, Look, I could. This, well. is, this is a serious question because I don't actually know. Has McConaughey ever really done action action? Uh, he's in Tropic Thunder, but he's not. Come on, mate. In in the in the midst of it, you mean has he ever been gun swinging? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he, I genuinely can't think of an example. I've can I? He's done like he did True Detective. Oh yeah, yeah. I've never seen that. But I mean, as a as a film, I actually like. Yes, I'm not saying um, he, he did uh, the Lincoln Lawyer. That's not really action action because I was thinking of that one though, and it's more one of the, the worst films I've ever seen in the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> really good book. No way. Bit of John Grisham. It'll it'll change your life. That's what? the name I was trying to remember. One of his earlier roles was uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So. He's no stranger to action either way. He's never been a, a leading action star, then, shall we say? No, but I do feel like he's he's one you don't bet against. No, I, 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 I don't disagree. I was just trying to think. I he actually did um, The Dark Tower with Idris Elba in 2017, which he plays he's the bad boy, kind of... He? Yeah, so, but it's obviously a bit different to uh, mm. being Born. a Jason Bourne kind of thing. Yeah, fair. He's got range, though. Well, for sure. When you've got a uh, Magic Mike and True Detective next to each other in your IMDb, you're not doing <laughs> too badly. Uh, this was the first film in the UK with a 12A certificate. I always thought I was Spider-Man. Too. So, so did I when I saw that yesterday, but apparently not. So this was approved so late 
that there wasn't even time to change the 12 card at the start. So maybe that's why a bigger thing was made of it for Spider-Man, because that was in my head also. I always like, remember that being on the news, like in the news yeah. and stuff, because it was just at the time the, the, the British Film Board, whatever they call it, whatever they're called, sorry, changed the ratings, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. There we go. Um, talk about promo here. So to help promote the movie, Matt Damon guest starred on the Will and Grace episode, A Chorus Lie, in which he played a guy named Owen, a straight person who pretends to be gay in order to join a men's choir. I'm not sure why this was the promo route of choice, but apparently that's the reason uh, he was on there. I thought you were going to say he joined a Will and Grace episode as Jason Bourne and just (laughs) nailed it. You would think, but hey. Go and watch my film, just as he says to the camera as he exits the show. That's like gun for hire stuff there, going from uh, Bourne to Will and Grace. Yeah. When I think of Will and Grace, I always think of that scene in The Simpsons with a police officer saying he's going to go and watch Will and Grace, all depressed. And they say he can have dinner with us. I said, Did you hear me? I had plans. Yeah. <laughs> um, despite prominent billing, Clive Owen only gets about three minutes of screen time broken up throughout the film. He doesn't talk until an hour and 25 minutes in, and even then it's his last scene. The character's real name is never revealed, and the credits only list him as the professor. When Clive Owen describes his part, he remarked, I basically put on a pair of glasses and posed to the camera. I bet you got a decent wage out of it. Yeah. I'll let you predict this, actually, between you. Um, what do you think the body count is in this movie? Oh. I reckon it's going to be lower than you expect. Because Wh- whichever has- one you use closest can have a pass on the back from me. Yes, I'm gonna Is go. That it? Jesus, I'm gonna go with eleven because I reckon it's deceptively low. So I have eighteen in my head. Sean, I'm gonna go ten. Sean's closest. Uh, ah. The body count is eight. Christ yeah. me! I thought it was because. He, he was nails... a load of people get injured. Yeah, he, he nails most people like hand-to-hand combat, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> but he does kill a fair few people with a gun as well. I guess it is, only eight. He deserves two for that fat guy that he serves down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, I suppose it's one of them. It's like Rambo 1, the, the official list of body cameras. Yeah. just one person, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And then you watch it and you think, how the fuck's that possible? He spends half, the, he spends half it trying to knock people off with a Gatling gun. Yeah. The original um, ending was going to be Rambo getting iced himself and then uh, Slice Stallone refused refused to be killed. <laughs> well, I mean, That's the same in that um, Escape to Victory, didn't he? Slice Stallone changed it so it was him saving a penalty that was the, <laughs> the, the winning moment rather than like Pele scoring or something. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. What a joke. I mean, to be fair, imagine if they would have killed him off in the first one. They've made... Six, yeah. five, five of them now, yeah. they? and they've grossed a bit like a billion plus or whatever stupid number it is. So I mean, he's he's done bits there. He just tells people like, look, I, I didn't win in the first Rocky film, and that's his way of like, look, I'll take him on for the team. <laughs> in 1977, Sly, come on, mate, help us out. <laughs> I guess when you're the chief, you can do what you want. Well, this is true. Um, on to the categories then. So rewatchability. Yeah, what do you bang, think? bang out there, isn't it? Well yeah, up there. you've got one hour 59, so it's around our one hour 45 to two hour range that we reference. 
Yeah. Um, Start we, strong. Yeah, and as we said, not in a detrimental way. It's not hard to follow. Like you don't, you don't need to put something on that's got eighty thousand twists and turns that you're going to come out of asking questions like people made out Inception was. You can just have a straightforward down the line and work with that. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think, like I say, I, 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 I think you're right, and as you say, not to its detriment, I do think people people sort of laugh or or almost deride simplicity, but as there is there is fucking, there is nothing wrong with it whatsoever, as long as it's done well. If you do something simple, but it's done well, then that's going to be better than a muddled, something muddled and this contriving to be complex and make make you think. I hate it when you come out and they try and tell you like it's down to your interpretation. So if I've paid me money and I've sat for two hours, I want I, a damn clear ending. I want you to leave me down the garden path. I don't want to be trying to find it myself. What was that garbage film? Um, this is Us. We watched it at the cinema. Where they tried saying there's like it depends on how you want to view the film. There was some deeper meaning that you didn't see maybe in the first watch. So for God's sake, I don't go to the cinema for this. The Revenant. No. Yeah, I was dog. I wasn't going to reference that, but us <laughs> <laughs> dog. Yeah, I hate that so, so bad. much. Absolutely. Joe, I'll say just whilst we're on the subject because I can't. Every time I th- can think of a chance to mention Mad Max, it, I will. Sean is dead. Frank. No, no. Sean. The Grey. With Liam Neeson. Wow. Are you joking? Never seen it. Wow. Wow. Jackie, wow. dog mate, it goes on. Wow. I, in my in my mind, it oh goes on for about God. thirty-six hours. And then the ending. Literally, I'm, I'm hovered over the kick button <laughs> on it. So disrespectful. What should what you think should be the ending? It just don't happen the way you want it to. Hey, and Phil, did you say film is in movie madness? Hall of Fame. Stay after the Hopefully. credits because the ending may be different to what you think it is. I didn't watch that shit in the cinema. Thankfully, yeah, the credits do exist on Netflix Prime DVD. Oh, I know, I know, because I've seen them. Yeah, so did you stay for the ending? Yeah. Did you see what happens after the credits? Yeah. Dog. Oh, that's oh. a wolf. <laughs> well done. Me and Sean, three films back-to-back in the cinema with the wolf being the final one. Were the we wolf. bored? No. You love it that much, you don't even know its name. It's called The Grey. Yeah, but the animal, the wolf. Yeah, doesn't matter, does it? Film's called The Grey. You weren't going there to watch The Wolf. I can't believe what I've heard. That's how royal I am. That's how royal I am. Oh, you barely make sense at the best of times, so I'd take a breather if I, if I were you. If I had wired headphones like you, I would be rustling because I'm shaking. <laughs> I'm shaking. Oh, uh, well, what do you want me to say, Doug? Shocking. We'll go on to the quotes. Please. The sooner we stop talking about that, the better. Who wants to kick us off with a quote? Anyone? No, because I haven't got any. Because I just. There isn't really anything that sticks out. What do you I've mean? Got, I've got, yeah, I mean, I've got, I've got one. What I quite enjoyed was the, how could I forget about you? You're the only person I know. Which is <laughs> so smooth. I enjoyed him saying, okay, can I have my money back? Like, <laughs> yeah. She's got a, a one of 10 grand in her hand. Um, you're a mal, your US government property, you're a malfunctioning 30 million weapon. You're a total goddamn catastrophe, and by God, if it kills me, you're going to tell me how this happened. 
<laughs> you, you said weapon there like like an insult and like you're an absolute weapon. <laughs> well, isn't that what he's saying? You're a malfunctioning 30 million weapon. Well, I think he's just saying like he's a weapon as in actually a, a weapon, whereas because he can kill people it, like the insult as a weapon. What did you think of Clive Owen's last words? Because he doesn't have many to say and he really doesn't seem that moved <laughs> by the fact that he's dying. He goes, look at this. Look what I make you give. And that's his last words. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Because when does this? So when does this come out again? Two thousand two. Two thousand two. So this is. It's not long after that he does King Arthur, where obviously he's much more bigger part. So yeah. I swear to God, if I even feel somebody behind me, there is no measure to how fast and how hard I will bring this fight to your doorstep. Yeah, it's a class for it. Absolute class for it. I also like um, "Tell Me Who I Am" when he says it in Dutch. I don't know why. Just made me <laughs> chuckle. Actually, made me chuckle as Jay, as Matt Damon was speaking Dutch. I like that that Abbott trying to give a stick to Conklin, and he says, "Well, why don't you go upstairs and book a conference room? Maybe you can talk him to death." And the look <laughs> on his face is like, "That really is my only option." <laughs> Great police work. Why don't they just hang out a banner that says, "Don't come back, Jesus Christ"? What's the French word for stakeout? <laughs> and, this only goes two ways. Either you come in and let us make this right, or we're going to have to keep going until we're satisfied. There's so many better ways he could have worded that threat. <laughs> and that didn't seem as threatening as it possibly could have been. A shout out to, again, we're, obviously we'll talk about this on the, on the uh, after we've done the categories, but I know it's, in, it's a shame because the, the second one has my favourite quote, one of my favourite quotes of any film, when uh, when he says... Um, you should get some rest, Pam. You look tired. And then the music kicks in at the end of the second one. Um, I don't need to watch this film anymore. <laughs> I've had the start and the end ruined. Well, I just um, wanted to bring it out because I know that that's one of my favourite quotes. It's one of TK's favourite quotes of all time, also. Um, and when I was watching it, I was like, especially for this category, I think I'll ask a shame that I can't use that one or there's not a similar line in this film. I know we said about earlier in these kind of films where they'll go OTT with the dialogue just to prove a point in what really isn't like a conversation piece. But her saying people do all kinds of weird and amazing stuff when they're scared and him saying, uh, I can tell you the license plate numbers of all six cars outside. I can tell you the waitress is left-handed. The guy sitting up at the counter weighs 215 pounds and knows how to handle himself. The best place to look for a gun. Uh, this altitude I can run flat out for half a mile before my hands start shaking. Him saying, now, now, why would I know that? It's a great question. And it also doesn't explain the point at all. <laughs> yeah, it fair. does sound very cool with him saying it. Yeah. How can I know that and not know who I am? Yeah, sure. Who has a safety deposit box full of money, six passports and a gun? <laughs> a great question. So Jack saying there was no quotes. Disrespectful. Uh, I mean, that's no not... Quotes put out for me is a, from a personal perspective. We got a bump coming up. I enjoyed that. Very good car chase, also. Couple of yeah. good car chases, especially going down the steps. Things like GTA have made you think that these cars are far more destructible than they are, or it's the other way around. Because in films, they can take an absolute battery, and you crash a couple of times in GTA, and you've got to get out before it explodes. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to put the theory. I don't want to put the experiments to the test to find out who's right and who's wrong. <laughs> Well, we let's get our man from Mythbusters earlier. He's a board mm-hmm. fan. Yeah, he can ride it down them stairs. 
other categories then. Best moment slash scene. Jack, do you have a scene for us? Yeah, I would say the just before the first car chase in the mini, where she's got to make the decision whether to kind of go with him or go to the police. And then she kind of buckles in a seatbelt, music kicks in, and then it's like an epic car chase. I think that's brilliant. Um, that's probably, yeah, probably my favourite scene, that one. Or, he, he, I was just going to say, or in the flat where he comes in through the window and it's just yeah. great martial art fight scrap to the death. He has obviously reeled her in with the cash, but in the car when she's just seen the murder, she's seen um, her face on the sheet of paper and he just keeps saying, like, I'm trying to do the right thing here. As if that's making the situation any better. <laughs> yeah, like, I was thinking, though, that you would just go. Like, I know it wouldn't make for a great film, but that girl, she's kind of made her own grave with that. I don't know, because she has seen, like, the footage from the embassy that seems like it's come from the police, so she yeah. knows that she probably can't run there. Yeah, Do you probably... have any hypotheticals for us this week, Sean? No, I thought we were sacking that off. You mean you were relying on me to do it each week? Yeah, I think you took over it. Spawn presents you with the 10 grand to drive him. Do you take it? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you had... Had she, had she left the embassy? Well, at that point, at that point, when she passed the money, she doesn't know who he is. Well, I wasn't sure if she knew what had gone on in the embassy or not. Like, she was outside, but had she already left when... I think she... They don't show her in there when it's going off, do they? I don't think. Plus, as well, when the police car goes by, goes by and he kind of... Yeah. Like, Oh, it gets the look. Is that, is, yeah, yeah. yeah like, is that for you? Her, even stood outside, surely there's absolute carnage going on by the fact there's yeah, about three know. military SWAT teams running through the building looking for a bloke, and she's just chilling outside. Plus, as well, they haven't really sorted a perimeter either. They've just gone in all guns blazing and, and didn't think, right, what happens if he gets out? <laughs> Let's just have a few guys on the exits. They're just milling about in this alleyway right next to it for about four minutes once they decide where this next <laughs> I thought of, I had thought of one just then so if you had to have your if you had to have your memory completely wiped but you could remember one thing what would be the one thing that you'd keep Chelsea winning the Champions League <clears throat> yeah I was going to say I've got zero marketable skills so it won't be any of the Jason Bourne nonsense <laughs> oh no that <laughs> if you had amnesia how would you go about my memory makes <laughs> know where to start possibly that I'm the greatest rock paper scissor player in the world. Um, that I could build my cash up by bartering on that. And I'm You're not though, Sean. I'm undefeated in over seven years. <laughs> I beat you for one. Was Three. it an official game? And then, oh, what's your how how do you have an unofficial game? game? <laughs> uh, no prep. T- t- <laughs> Byron, turn the camera on and I'll play you now and see you win. <laughs> You I don't know it. if there's going to be a delay on the camera. Yeah. <laughs> Got him scared. Elephants don't beat for that, as Floyd says. And also undefeated now hockey, so I could do both at the same time with one out. <laughs> and I asked Sean about that because I smoked him in Paris. Well, that, that, that story is true. Well, <laughs> the fact that you beat me in Paris, not the fact that you're undefeated. <laughs> Have I played since... <laughs> I don't know. Um, in terms of how I'd remember who I am, if you put in my room somewhere, I will not lie down 
see the TV and it'll come back. Get him a laptop and footy manager and he'll know exactly who he is. (laughs) I get uh, Yao Trelao as my uh, assistant manager. (laughs) It'll come come flooding flooding back. back. (laughs) Me do my born speech. How will I know that Joel Batts is my goalkeeping coach? <laughs> How will I know that Tony Strudwick is who I want to do in my team? <laughs> um, Keenan, what was your best moment slash scene in this? It's the pen fight. I like, but even just before when they're just having a little chat and he's worried, he picks up the knife and he's like, he, he's ready to go. And then she, as she starts talking to him, he drops it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, just like real. Real casual, and your man just comes flying through the window, and it's on. Because <laughs> when that's sure. on, I'm wondering: Sorry. is he thinking? Do we think he's thinking that she's like on? She's hunting him down, like she's about. Is he going to stab? No, her? he wouldn't have dropped the knife. Yeah, he is. What I mean, he's he he is a little something, and he gets himself ready, and then he's just like, yeah, 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 no worries, love. Yeah. So yeah, it's torturing us set. and then he comes. It's I do like him crashing through the window. To be fair. She, pings him to the floor and he just shoots fuck out of the ceiling and they just have a, have a row. He is overly reckless, Bourne. <laughs> well, yeah, he does take chances. The guy coming well, through the window has got a poor shot as well. Realistically, <laughs> shot on <laughs> <no importance. laughs> Absolute, absolute piss mate. He's basically a stormtrooper <laughs> in Star Wars. <laughs> on, a, on a playground, Jason Bourne is your man booting that football up in the air and catch, <laughs> he's the one catching it. Yeah, or even he worse. thrill. He's the one trying to trying to edit when it's coming down from thirty feet. In the <laughs> what a game that was! <laughs> um, actually, Sean, that does bring back uh, in the vaults one of the lost pods of uh, was it best uh, school games? Best school games, yeah, yeah. Why is it lost? Yeah. Is it gone? I think it has either that or it's it was just before we got new mics, so it's lost due to the fact nobody would want to hear it. <laughs> um, my best moment scene were, is the car chase so I did thoroughly enjoy that you do like a car chase don't you I think I've just seen some good ones recently and because that was your one, remark about Ronin as well Ronin the ones are very good but they're also a lot longer like they a main feature they just they don't ever chase each other any other way than getting in a car <laughs> and going after each other yeah I had a few, I think, my, yeah, the, the car chase, which you've mentioned, the apartment. I think the the when they're in the house in the woods and that experience, and then obviously Clive Owen, and then he ends up killing him, and then when they leave there, I quite like that one as well. But I also really like the beginning. Don't know why. Just thought it was the first, when I watched it well, the first yeah. time, when I watched it the first time, when they pull him up, and he's got, got the bullet holes and stuff, and I, I do actually really, I like the beginning. Why and then when these he, doctors uh... always so calm with getting chucked about by people whose lives they've just saved? They never say, I've just saved your life. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. No, uh, part of the job, isn't it? When he gets um, woken up by the police on the bench as well, and then it's like, it's like a, <laughs> it's kind of like a superhero film where he realises he has powers and then just like knocks yeah. them both out. <laughs> Do you want to tell me your favourite middle scene from the second film, Sean, so I don't have to watch it later? <laughs> <laughs> I'd love uh, if he just snap, do, yeah. snap one off straight away. <laughs> um, side character. You made you made me think that scene was in the second one. Then I was judging myself. <laughs> We're limited in side characters here, aren't we? But we do have yeah. a good one by the fact that she doesn't rat him out at least. We're not. I would. I know he's in it as we've said for a lot less. But I'd give it Clive Owen. 
I might just I'm be my affection. Sure. That might just be my affection for Clive Owen, though, to be honest. Might have gone to him before, but this probably brought his way. Yeah, I'd probably give it to Clive Owen. I mean, you've got Abbott, but then he's more of a big, big one in <laughs> in the second one. As well. He does grow. He does. He does grow into it. Yeah, he grows into it in the second one, but yeah, probably Clive Owen. Um. We'll save the other categories for when we uh, do the comparison. So, if we go on to Kingsman, the Secret Service. So, synopsis: A spy organization recruits a promising street kid into the agency's training program, while a global threat emerges from a twisted tech genius. Had everyone seen this before? Yeah. 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 Um, critics reviews then. Kingsman is a frenetic, witty blast and just the kind of fresh take an increasingly overly serious, borderline stale genre needs. Kingsman is a fun but inconsequential night at the movies. Again. I didn't really know what he meant by that until me and Jack did that interview just before this, where the director remarked that the film probably hasn't done its job if the second you leave, you're talking about what food you're going to get. Well, that would wipe out half the films I've seen. Again, I think that dep- depends on the genre. I don't think, again, being inconsequential, I know now that they've made a sequel, it's slightly different, but if it's just a one-off film, a fun but inconsequential, that's, that's a dream. Did I enjoy it? Yes. Am I going to agonise over the plot and or what, what yeah. could have happened or what I think? Of it? No, I just went and watched it and enjoyed it. I feel like Every time I do this pod, I make myself sound like an absolute idiot because I've just got like I've got want, no, I've got no want or expectation for the highbrow, and no patience for critics. Well, this is true. Kingsman the, Se- <laughs> Kingsman: The Secret Service treads a very thin line between a self-aware satirical film and a serious one where you care about the characters and events. Somehow, it commits to both in a tremendously fun manner. I kind of like how anyone can get it in this film. Like, they will kill anyone. <laughs> <laughs> like AB. Yeah. Mexican, Dominican. Yeah. <laughs> and that adds to it, because you think, shit, he actually could die here, because they've just <laughs> killed off two people, three people from their agency already. So, um, Kingsman deserves audiences as enthusiastic as those involved in making the film. I mean, you would apply that to that, surely that's just <laughs> yeah. a want of any film that's ever been made, no? <laughs> uh, A brisk origin story that benefits... Restaurant goers want food that tastes nice. Yeah, <laughs> charming. Uh, a brisk origin story that benefits from its globe-threatening cartoonish villain. Kingsman is an absolute blast right up to the moment when the Swedish princess offers up her end. <laughs> do you know I'd forgotten that was a part of this film until I was watching it uh, a giddy hyperkinetic take on a very very British style of action the whip may be as dry as 007's martini but the sensibilities are completely Tarantino I do like how mental it is That's yeah. just, it just adds so much to the film it's just nuts and I thought that the first time I watched it I thought that I don't know what I'm on now when I watched it again the other day. I do think that's... It's not... I don't. Is it unique? Is it close to a unique selling point for it as it is? Is whilst they keep to a lot of the classic spy tropes, especially with the British spies, 
but they do just fucking go out for Labyrinth, don't they? Which yeah. is, is different. There isn't a James Bond film that, whilst they've got a grit here, etc., and there's probably a little more violence in some some of the newer ones than some of the older ones because you could get away with more. There's mm-hmm. nothing. They, there's fuck. There's nothing like this, is there? John, right. the, the that church scene, for example, yeah. when he, he, he they absolutely fire into it. Some real. I, I don't know if this is harsh on the the people that promoted it, but I remember seeing it in the cinema and feeling that this over delivered which added to my enjoyment levels because I wasn't expecting it to be this good. I didn't see it. I was just trying to think if I saw this at the cinema, but I didn't. I actually watched half of this. I watched the second half of this annoyingly one night because I sat down and watched it for 10 minutes because my dad was watching it and I just thought, fucking, this is decent. So I ended up sitting sort of transfixed and watching all of it. And yeah. then I was annoyed. I was annoyed that I'd done it. Because I was like, shit, well, I don't know if I want to watch... I don't know if I want to see the first half now. And then I did, did sit and watch it in its entirety at some point. I do, do think it's all right. It strikes um, me as... A, well, I rewatched it again. It really struck me as a cinema film. I yeah. imagine... I sort of get... I do, an enjoyable film. I do get that. Uh, I think... In the, the, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, the opening credits do it for me anyway, where it just comes in and dire straits money for nothing is playing and that yeah. riff is enough to get anyone in the midst of all the espionage action kingsman also manages to be a movie about something relatable and timely classism yeah <laughs> what a wanker they, my, I mean, my if, thing you're going, this, if you're coming away with that from that film you're looking for it i know they're trying to make it the that not every british spy is going to be a posh gentleman when they make him lean in, it, it feels like a a, four, what, a forty year old writing kid slang. Yeah. <laughs> when he says, "You get me," I was like, oh please stop it! It's not two thousand and four anymore. Yeah. Um, if you must have a stylistic gambit, better slow motion than incomprehensible motion. <laughs> uh, nothing in this movie means anything. <laughs> that's probably the one I identify with the most <laughs> but in a positive way uh, I just wish this movie was half as good as Jason Statham's Crank fuck off is that from you? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's a big bollocks <laughs> <laughs> sorry it took me a couple of seconds to work that out <laughs> you've done you've done really well now <laughs> Uh, a would-be spy movie remix that revels in gratuitous violence and general ugliness without ever stopping to take stock of what it all means. Kick ass with spies, literally. Now, yeah, not bad. There were a lot of comparisons to Kick ass in the reviews of this. Did hmm. any of you dislike Kick ass but like this? I prefer sure. this. Yeah, uh, it might be TK. Maybe someone like strongly disliked Kickass, but I don't know if they like this. So that was going to be one of my points of note because I enjoyed both. What's your preference? So I've not seen Kickass in a long time, but it might be Kickass. But I probably need to rewatch because I haven't seen the first in ages, and I'm thinking of the second, which I did enjoy. Hmm, fair enough, but it would be close. Um. A smarter spoof than Austin Powers. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that, that's probably true, but Austin Powers isn't aiming to be smart, is it? No. 
when you saw the critics' reviews, weren't half of them saying how intelligent it was. What, Austin Powers? I missed yeah. that one. I wasn't there for that week, so I don't um, know. The second half of the movie becomes a loud, F-bombing cliche of excessive violence and just plain nastiness. There you go. Lovely, word, lovely use of one of your favourite words from the <laughs> review. Exactly. <laughs> Got some trivia here then. So, when the new Kingsman recruits have their first night's sleep interrupted by a deluge of water pouring into the dorm, on set the scene went horrifically wrong. Um, director Matthew Vaughan recalls, I shouted at you. The computer got it wrong, and everyone was 20 feet down underwater all of a sudden. Cameras, sound guys, guys were in waders full of water, panic, everyone diving in and pulling people out. The set painstakingly planned and rehearsed using height markers and computer-programmed water tanks washed away in a biblical flood when said computers went rogue. Those actors weren't acting, they were absolutely terrified. It was an (laughs) awful first day of filming. Uh... All of the action is framed centrally, so the viewer's eyes never lead to leave the centre of the frame. Which ties into your cinema point there, Sean, as well. Because that is horrendous. Yeah. Especially yeah. for the people that sadistically sit in like the first three rows. I don't yeah, I have never understood anyone <laughs> well, we to sit in front of a cinema. We had to sit in the first row for American Pie reunion. Yeah. yeah. I remember I doing it all the time. I remember doing it once for one of the Harry Potter films when I was a kid, and even then I was like, no, this, this ain't no one. Yeah. <laughs> I, remember go- I remember going in when I had my limited card, and we got front row tickets because we were the only ones left. We walked in, sat down, and walked straight back out again, and then went to the later show, and I'm just not putting myself through it. <laughs> uh, Colin Firth did 80% of his own stunts, according to coordinator Bradley James Allen. Really? He also bolts up a lot for this, so he put in that work. Hard as nails. Uh, producer and director Matthew Vaughan originally wanted the Kingsman agents to kill the dogs, but writer and producer Jane Goldman felt it risked losing its audience. Eventually, they came up with a compromise of using blanks, but the Harry's stuffed dog scene was kept in, but he just explained they had died of pancreatitis years later. Hmm. Fair enough. Alex would have turned it off after that. Yeah, I love Same how people. The body count the body count must be so high in this and there's yeah. just bloody executions everywhere. <laughs> it's also a weird I mean obviously we'll go on to it in categories, but still it's such a weird concept where there's just so many people that die but also just not really looked at. Yeah. I know. And then they lose they think they're gonna lose their viewers because of the dog. Which is true. Well, it is true. Look at I am legend. If you speak to anyone about this that film, is what kills that dog me about gets it. brought up. As if he shouldn't have killed the dog. Which Alex claims he shouldn't have killed the dog, by the way. The dog would have then tried to eat him. <laughs> what, exactly. in Iron Legend? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Samuel L. Jackson's character, Richmond Valentine, was originally intended not to have a lisp. However, Jackson completed his first take with it. Matthew Vaughan yelled, cut, and talked to Jackson, who revealed that prior to having an acting career, he actually had a lisp, which mm-hmm. he eventually overcame. It was also jokingly remarked that his lisp is the reason for Valentine being so villainous. So also, if you read with Samuel L. Jackson, he claims the word motherfucker was one of the words, uh, one of the words that helped him overcome his speech <laughs> impediment. That's definitely an excuse he told his mum. Whatever it may be, he said it in an interview. He was like, he, he said, yeah, it was one of a word that helped him overcome his speech impediment. Um. 
in the movie, Professor James Arnold was played by Mark Hamill. Are we counting that for um, Rex Ryan Hall of Fame, by the way, or not? Who are we counting for? Are we counting Mark Luke Hamill? Skywalker. Because he's not playing Mark Hamill, but it does feel like a cameo. Well, he does. Mm, yeah. Um, Rex Ryan is in there and he's not playing Rex Ryan for, for, for record. If, if not, then my other question would be, does Iggy Azalea make the Rex Ryan Hall of Fame here, despite not being seen on screen, but she is missing and mentioned? Because when we watching it, I thought that the Swedish princess was going to be Iggy Azalea when they open up the door, and then obviously isn't. But I don't think we can put her in on the basis that it's just mentioned and she's not <laughs> actually in. Like, we didn't put... Can, did we put Kanye in for Project F? No. I don't think the Rex Ryan Hall of Fame existed then. Oh. Yeah, it did. It didn't, because it didn't start until... That's, that's my, my boy. boy. Oh, yeah, true. But I, even so, I don't think we would have put him in, so... No, the Mark Hamill one's probably a closer. Um, so, yeah, so uh, Professor James Arnold was played by Mark Hamill. In the comic series, Mark Hamill is the first celebrity kidnapped by Dr. Arnold. So oh, nice. That's why they got him in. Um, Matthew Vaughan wanted the character of Merlin to have a Welsh accent, but Strong found the accent too challenging and, pervade, and persuaded Vaughan to let him use a Scottish accent instead. Mark Strong's fucking mint. Yeah. Um, the final choices for the role of Eggsy were Jack O'Connell, who essentially is probably a higher paid version of um, Taron Taron Egerton, is he not? <laughs> uh, Taron Egerton, obviously, and John Boyega. Crikey, Keenan, you were uh, rustling there. That weren't me. Whoever that was, Jesus. Every time. Matthew Vaughan. <laughs> Cast Egerton because he had a likability about him which was so unique. I feel like John Boyega here, they would have just asked him to do Attack the Block. Yeah. And I yeah. hated that film. I've never yeah. seen that. I've never I, seen I turned that it off once. after about half an hour. That was a bad film. John, when we spoke to Chris Williams, the guy who was in Dodgeball. Yeah. And he said when he was there, they wanted him to make it more urban. Yeah, <laughs> like, that, that's what that's what they're asking John Boyega to do. Yeah, and it would take away from the fact that John Boyega's uh, just a Renault actor and could do so yeah. much more. <clears throat> um, Emma Watson was considered for the role of Roxy. I'm sure she was. Would she have taken that role? Um, this one actually I spotted and then was pleased I saw it in the trivia. So you can see a Millwall FC scarf in the background in Eggs's room. Obviously. Uh, his stepdad in the film, played by Tommy Atcher himself. Mm-hmm. I thought that as well. And Big man Jeff Bell. He is just the arch cunt in every film that he's in. <laughs> and his little like cronies are essentially just playing the same pathetic assholes in every film. He was your boy, Eggsy. <laughs> <laughs> You've also got... Uh, Chris Finch in here as a policeman. Oh, yeah, I had, I had it down in my notes. Is um, <laughs> bloody good detective. <laughs> um, in the big church sequence, um, Galahad or Harry Hart killed 58 people. Overall, 61 he killed in the film. Valentine killed 1,267 people caused <laughs> by him sending out a broadcast signal that ends up with people killing each other. 
Overall, he killed 1,268. Merlin killed 227 people by detonating the security chips and shot five Arctic guards. Eggsy killed 28 people. Uh, Arthur accidentally poisoned himself when drinking the brandy, although you could attribute that to Eggsy. So, death toll in this one, not close. No, not at all. Also, they do just make... um, Michael Caine go full Cockney once he realises he's been poisoned. I mean, he is a Cockney, so it's not it's not a big stretch, is it? But for for the start of the film, he's not doing that accent. No, he's trying to be a little more well spoken. Right? So Famously, the point of that is to show that anyone that can be a Kingsman. He's actually Famously from he's from with, Rob Roy, to be fair. Famously, dealt with his investment bond. No, you didn't. <laughs> I did. You joke. I did as well. You clown. We worked at the same place. Yeah, but you didn't get to do it. Yeah, I did as well. Michael Caine. Yeah. yeah, Michael Caine. And neither of us are topping Keenan with a Czech Teoto. I can trump all of that. My, he's, I've got a photo of him on my parents' drive on it, sat leaning against his Rolls Royce smoking a cigar because his daughter used to stable her horse at the stables down my parents' roads and she used to be good mates with my mum. You've got a one-up people, haven't you? Yeah, I have to. Man. I still I think, think I'm taking Keenan and Czech Teote. Or at least what? the story I heard about him speaking to Czech Teote. What was Which this? was actually him speaking to Czech Teote. I didn't, but yeah. I didn't it. No, it was his wife. Oh. So right. his the story I was told um, was that it was close to deadline day and Keenan uh, asked him if he was staying at Newcastle. And he Incorrect. confirmed he was. So <laughs> or, the story or, was a lot better than you uh, clarifying it. Yeah, I know, but I'd rather be honest. I know they, they say the truth doesn't get in the way of a good story, but no, his wife phoned up and we were asking. She was just saying, oh, we're trying to buy a new house. So she wanted to withdraw the money out of her. Uh, not, oh. it wasn't the ISA. No, it wasn't. It was a sterling one, so it wasn't an ISA. It was the other account that they used to do, the normal yeah. investment account. Um, and I didn't think till afterwards. It was when he was being linked to going to Arsenal and I really should have asked. Is it do I whereabouts is the house just as a general thing? Because if she says London, I'm jumping off the bus in town and firing <laughs> a lot, a lot of money into him going to Arsenal. <laughs> but the, the Byron's version of the story is is a lot better than the actual truth. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> what I was told. That's what I was told on my first week. Yeah, no, it was, that's not true at all. I was going to say GDPR, but I guess it doesn't matter anymore, does it? And also prior to that, so it makes no odds. Yeah. It was a date. It was a data protection act then, and that was fucking <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> prior. Prior to when there was a law about data manipulation, it's fine. Um, when Eggsy returns to the princess's cell after saving the world, the code which he enters on the alphanumeric pad are 2625. On the alphanumeric keyboard, those numbers can spell out the words anal and cock, which are references <laughs> to the princess telling Eggsy that they could do it in the asshole if he saved the world. <laughs> There you go. That is the trivia there then. So, on to the categories. Rewatchability, Keenan. What are you saying? Yeah, I'll probably rewatch it again. I would rush to it. Sean, any more enthusiastic? Uh, probably similar to. I mean, I did enjoy it and I liked it. Um, so I, I would probably rewatch it again. Just not, not too often. I probably wouldn't go out of my way to watch it again. But if it was on, then I'd catch a bit of it. But yeah, two so hours, nine minutes is. Yeah, a bit longer than I thought. Which is probably a good thing. Which yeah. do you reckon has the higher IMDb rating out of Kingsman and Bourne? 
Because you're asking, I'm it's probably yeah, as you're asking it, Kingsman. Well, it was a double bluff. It's actually born. Uh, yeah. Seven point nine, so there's seven point seven of uh, Kingsman. Closer, wow. closer than I would want it. I think though, when you pack a film full of that many stars, you got Samuel Jackson, Mark Kane, Colin Firth. I think you're always going to be setting yourself up for a bit of a winner because of just you could have got those fallbacks, haven't you? Even if people didn't like the film. I mean, you say that the Expendables has got a six point five. Yeah, that's true. The Expendables. That's an extreme <laughs> case of it. Though. Yeah. Very expendable. Anyway, yeah. I think this. I think this will be watchable, probably for a lot of the same reasons we had with Bourne, despite them being very different films. In you don't need to pay too much attention to it. It's got the big set pieces, and it's just a fun one to watch. Yeah. So quotes then. Jack, do you want to start us off if you have any? Yeah, easy one to start with. Man is maketh man, because you just know shit's going to go down. <laughs> and like, his um, stepdad's cronies are going to get it. It's just brilliant. It's like that awesome scene where the pricks get their comeuppance. You just love to see it in every every film. Um, And then, thank you for such a happy meal. I just thought that was a very <laughs> nice little line after you eat some of them. Keenan? Uh, it's like you said to Harry, this ain't that kind of movie. I'm not going to finish the quote because it's not for me. Uh, also, also, Harry Hart uh, saying, I'm a Catholic whore currently enjoying Congress out of wedlock with my black Jewish boyfriend who works at a military abortion clinic. So <laughs> hail Satan and have a lovely afternoon, madam. Sean, you got any for us? Uh, <laughs> while you're gone, we'll show your mother how good, how good company free can be. <laughs> She's got to be standing up there for me and having a word about the disrespect. <laughs> when, they, when he starts necking her as well, I was like, oh my. Just imagine being in that situation. Yeah, I'd rather not be in that situation. Um, um, and then I've got so much for the classic army technique. Like, after the girl dies. Uh, I'd appreciate it enormously if you could leave us in peace until I can finish this lovely pint of Guinness. <laughs> yeah, it's a good. No one. such thing as a lovely pint of Guinness. No, oh, there is. Oh, there, yeah, I take, yeah, take that back now. <laughs> there is. Nothing lovely better. pint of Guinness at the race course. Yeah, race morning. Yeah, it's like nine thirty. Pint of Guinness on the table. Beehive. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, well, if you if you save the world, you can do it in the arsehole <laughs> Um. I'm saying he just needed to let off a bit of steam after uh, taking out all of the cronies. Uh, what does he say? I'll scroll back up now. He needed to let off a little steam. He apologises as he sits back down to have his Guinness. Oh, uh, right, yeah. I do love that how he finishes the Guinness and puts it back. Looks like a lot of people are going to die on Valentine's Day. So do I look like I give a fuck? <laughs> and then, no more from me, I don't think. Mankind for is the virus and the cure is quite a cool one from a Valentine. Yeah, mm. that is a good one. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, no, I haven't got a great, I haven't got a phenomenal. There probably are more. No, I'm done. Yeah, I thought I had more than that, but it seems you've all taken them. <laughs> I did quite like, it's not like one particular quote, but when they, um, when he's in the like barracks, whatever, where they're staying, and then the, the posh guys are just going through the unis that he stayed at. He's like, he's definitely this, definitely St. Andrews. You Cambridge, Oxford. And he's like, neither. That whole kind of exchange. Them calling him Eggy. Eggy, yeah, and then they call him Eggy, yeah. Um, 
Best moment slash scene. Does anyone have one that isn't in the church? Uh, I do quite like the fight scene in the pub. Yeah, yeah, I've got that. The church takes it for me, but that's probably second. I quite like the training scenes as well. Obviously, that's not one particular one, but the yeah, the water one and then skydive one. The, the skydive, they said that they couldn't have possibly survived opening parachute that late. Is that Mythbusters who said that was it? It wasn't, but it was someone else who we can trust to to know. I hey, think, but then if they had something to surf on the way down, then they could yeah, have jumped exactly. off and so. <laughs> I reckon realism in this film has kind of gone out the window a little bit anyway. Yeah, for sure. Um, but with... I just like the fact that he actually killed Galahad. As much as I love the character, there's so many spy films where they just like let him get get him off the hook, and you just think to the villain, "Have you not seen a spy film ever? Just kill him once he got the chance." And he did. Yeah. So, take my hat off to him for that. Best side character, Mark Strong. <laughs> sorry, Merlin. Uh, Merlin, yeah. Merlin. I'm sorry, I couldn't remember his name for a second. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Oh, I think if we go on to the judging, so let's do this. Let's get it. Sean, I'll start with you. Which did you prefer? Born Identity for me. Jack? Born Identity. Keenan? Born Identity. I agree. Um, Keenan, rewatchability. The Born Identity. Jack? Born Identity, you're going to have to. Sean? Born Identity again. I actually think Kingsman in this case. So. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, a bit, more, a bit more conclusive. So the the ending of, of Born, I wasn't a big fan of. Like I know that the other ones are coming, but that was uh, my thing there. Okay. Northern Ireland already losing. If anyone was interested. Of course, they fucking are. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> Why would anyone be interested either? No, Sean makes a good point. They were always going to get beat. <laughs> I'm telling. Isn't it your family from Northern Ireland? Too? My family are from Northern Ireland, Byron. You're yeah. correct. Um, you get annoyed when I said the only good thing they produced was David Healy. <laughs> <laughs> um, best quote: "Born Identity" or "Kingsman." I'll go to you first, Jack. Kingsman. Uh, <laughs> any of the ones that we said. Keenan? Yeah, correct. That's that's the uh, my answer as well. Sean, Kingsman. And my quote would be the, you're like, why, <laughs> why your mum's gone, we'll show, why you're gone, we'll show, no matter how good, right, whatever right phrase it is. You really are just filth, aren't you? <laughs> Confirmed. Mine would actually have been born in that instance, but. What was the quote? I, I enjoyed it when him being called a malfunctioning 30 million weapon and Clive Owen's last words, I did, I didn't really enjoy <laughs> Oh, you hated those. I, I enjoyed them for what they were. <laughs> 30 million weapon, that's basically like that, isn't it? Yeah, he was a 50 million. <laughs> he oh. was a 50 million misfiring weapon. <laughs> a 50 million pig. Exactly. Um, best moment slash scene, Keenan. Give me the church scene. Sean? Give me born identity, the apartment scene. Jack? I'm going the church scene. As am I. MVP, Keenan. Jason Bourne. Sean? Jason Bourne. 
Jack? Yeah, Jason Bourne. I agree. Most menacing villain. I found this one tough. You I don't involved. find particularly either of them that menacing. Well, I know this sounds terrible. I don't know if I, if I can say <laughs> sure, it. Sure, one's but... trying to cull the global population. And the other is an, or, or essentially a, an anonymous part of the CIA who just seem to have a couple <laughs> to do whatever the fuck they I, want. I get what you mean, but I also don't really feel like he's a menacing character. Like, he's it's, afraid of blood. It's the lisp, isn't it? That's what you're saying. That, that's part of it also. Yeah, that's fine. That's all right. I wanted to, I wanted to see if you agree with me before I said that's part of the reason why I don't. It takes <laughs> it, it takes is, away like from it. He's afraid of blood and he throws up and I just didn't find him particularly menacing outside of wanting to kill. When he something. when he start when he starts titting about blood blood getting on the carpet as well, you're thinking, oh, mate, turn it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Kingsman would be my pick there. Kingsman is my pick as much as I've just quite as much as I've just slated him because it's we, an attributable individual. We haven't even. Like as a villain, the bird with knives for legs. <laughs> oh yeah, pretty sensational. Yeah, that, <laughs> she's gone like the knife historian. Yeah, she's she's the most menacing one out of the yeah. two. I think sets the tone at, right at the start when she slices your man in half and you see him fall apart. Yeah, yeah. well done that to be fair. It's one of the Saw films where they have to put their hand in against uh, like a. Uh, mechanical blade and they have to fill up enough blood to weigh oh, down yeah. this thing before Make it kills them and then when they take his hand out it wobbles and splits apart like that and that's what it reminded me of well, that, it reminded me of um, Resident Evil as well isn't it? when they go into that room with the lasers and then it cuts his face off didn't sort you down as watching Resident Evil with your track record Sean <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah I'm, I'm not really but I've just I've seen that clip quite a few times um, so, did anyone go born for most menacing villain, or was it Kingsman all round? It was Kingsman, yeah. So I'll probably go Kingsman, yeah, but I, I just yeah. wasn't really that sure on it. Sean, best side character. Uh, again, I think this is based. It's not really a side character of born, so the Kingsman and Merlin. I think I'd go f- as uh, with the last one for. The woman with knives for legs because she is a side character. The main villain is Valentine, and she's just like his sidekick. So, yeah, yeah, Merlin would be my pick as well, mate. Jack, yeah, Merlin, action per minute, Keenan. Is that uh, extra 10 minutes of Kingsman making a difference for you? I, well, no, I, it's a weird. It, I, I, I've got Bourne written down, but I, I mean, I won't go, it won't bore you with the details, but yeah, Bourne, sorry. Jack? Yeah, Bourne. It's not, it's a close one, though. I know it's an extra 10 minutes, but I'm not, I'm not sure if it's action per minute, but like the top of the top of Kingsman is that, that uh, exhilarating. No, it, I'm going to change my vote to Kingsman. Because the top of the top of it, and so, I know it's well, per minute. Changing his vote, is that allowed on the pod? I'm changing my vote. It's Kingsman. It don't, ma- don't mastermind, does it? It's not. Take your first answer. <laughs> it's, uh, it's also I'm, I'm my, my well. pick is Kingsman. What was your pick, uh, Keenan? Born. Yeah. Tyler. Um, kill count. We <laughs> we determined was <laughs> it's pretty one sided. Most creative use of weaponry. <laughs> the legs. <laughs> the knife legs. It has to be. 
me. Are you going to go on record and say the Byro shirt? <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate because I think that that might win some other films, but no, it's not winning this one. It's Yeah, it's the legs for me. Oh, no. yeah, you've got the, uh, the umbrella and the beer glass as well in the pub. We yeah, I have, do like that. We didn't have best kill as a category in the end, did we? Because jumping off and using the fat man as uh, <laughs> a make-weight cushion to land on while firing on the way down would absolutely be the best kill, but... Yeah, it's oh, a yeah, shame he's using him as the weapon. It's a shame he doesn't land on him. Is that a weapon? No, he's more no. of a safety net, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. It's a shame he don't land on him, say, like, take his leg out from under him and then just shoot him once in the head and then that's, that's the yeah, weapon. Because yeah. I think that would be the winner, but you are both right. It's the, the scissors. Or if, the he, nice if he'd have landed on someone on the floor, <laughs> on, the, on the ground. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, knife legs would be my answer. Um, best soundtrack, Sean? In terms of actual soundtrack and the actual music, the Bourne one's one of my favourite That would be what the, the soundtrack is. Yeah, but I didn't know, when, with this, I didn't know if we are thinking about like the music throughout or just what the specific soundtrack is. So if we are thinking just a specific soundtrack, then it'd be Bourne. My pick is also for Bourne. Um, Keenan? Yes, sir. Mine would have been someone's, someone's rustling a lot here, by the way. Jack? Mine would have been King. Jack, we'll stick with you. Originality? Kingsman, I would have to say, because I've never seen anything like it. It was just pure mayhem. Whereas you've got the kind of bare-bones good film that's been done a lot of times, just for the spy aspect. There's also a book, and then a, t- then a film before it's a film. Yeah. Uh, I suppose on the, on the point that kind of Byron made in the trivia that it was actually separate to the oh no actually you said that Born Identity was a mirror of the book didn't you and the other ones weren't is that right it's it's the closest but it's still oh, not okay. that similar still not all right I got you. Um, what was your pick Keenan uh, Kingsman and Sean what was yours just for the record yeah it'd be Kingsman as well same um, be closer surely. Bigger impact. Um, But it won't be far because you think they're making a third Kingsman and they want to do a spin off as well. Yeah. So it won't be. I guess we'll have to see how well they do because we've seen plenty that make sequels and they don't all do so well. They can easily drift away, whereas they did kind of keep your attention with at least the the main Bourne films. I want to know what shoots. I know you referenced it briefly, but I really want to know what shoots' opinion on the Renault version is. <laughs> it's not good. It's I not know. Good. I didn't think it would be. Just as they got it going, the film ended. Just as I got into it, and he gets on that boat, and then the credit came up. I remember. That's the only one of them I ever saw in the cinema. Actually, I saw Jason. Well, Ford one before. of the worst films ever. What? Um, <laughs> Sean, better ending. Um. And it, it does actually hurt me not to give this to Bourne, but I'm giving it to Kingsman just because the... Swedish princess. Yeah, it's just so funny. It just ends with him clapping the Swedish princess cheek. <laughs> so it's, you can't really get a better ending than that. So it's going to be Kingsman. Yeah. Are you in agreement with Sean? <laughs> yeah, but mainly just for the way Shoot sold it to me. Well, are you in agreement that there cannot be a better ending? <laughs> oh, no, sorry, no. no. I mean, there are better endings, but out of these two. <laughs> I mean, if I'm Exy, then, yeah, it's a dream ending. Let's be honest. Yeah, I was taking it from the view of, of Exy in the film. He saved the world, and then he's actually rifling. Jack? 
Yeah, for the same reasons. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my thoughts on the I'm going to born, so... Oh, yeah, that was a lock, wasn't it? <laughs> Who is this rustling? Oh, <laughs> our audience aren't going to give us much more patience with this. And it always stops the second I say it, which is the worst. Uh, Keenan, chemistry. Uh, Eggsy and your man, Harry. Sean? Uh, Bourne and my girl, Marie. Jack? I'm Bourne and Marie. As am I. Fair enough. Won't argue. The time's up. It's got to be a fairly close one this week. I reckon Kingsman may have nicked this. Kingsman more than out its own. I was surprised actually because I do prefer Bourne. Bourne's I got the tiebreakers. I was, I was I was saying this to Byron earlier that I preferred the Bourne film, but I think the actual categories stack up. So yeah, yeah, right. We do, that we do. So you do get, you do get these. Uh, you are right. It's uh, a victory for Kingsman, uh, eight six. Oh sheesh. That is a shock. The first big shock of the bracket, you could say. Yeah. I did have this same conversation, I think, with all of you in that it, it was it was reminiscent of Pineapple Express Tropic Thunder where we were unanimous in which we preferred, but the categories are the rewatchability, the but the categories then uh, worked against them. So that's how the cookie crumbles to quote Bruce Almighty. Well, it's not as big a travesty as that one. But... What, yeah. sex drive knocking out Bruce Almighty? Yeah, that wasn't even a shock to me. That wasn't a shock to me. <laughs> Ten minutes into Bruce Almighty, I knew the way it was going. <laughs> yeah, garbage. Correct. Mark Kingsman into the next round. You can throw Bruce Almighty into the the category of films, so I probably won't ever rewatch. <laughs> um. All right. So Casino Royale is up against Kingsman then in the next round. Oh, spy on spy. And we finish on finish on a big one next week. Yeah, also, um, in terms of the seeding, Kingsman was actually the higher seed in really? the money that it made. So, Wow. Kingsman was the 13th seed to Bourne's 20. Hmm. The only upset so far in terms of seeding has been Man on Fire over the Fugitive. Wow. And when you watch them, that's not really. I from my from our end, it weren't even really an upset, was it? No. Um, England, the one that. So, categories to go through. Real star of the film, I think, is quite clear for the two <laughs> the two we've got here. Yeah. Yeah. Ed Maguire, crikey. Um, there's no fan theories for these, um, so there's none of them to go into. Suppose Jason Bourne didn't generate a fan theory. If there was, I just haven't found it, to be fair. Hectic first week of work. No, exactly. Recasting one role. Now that I... it's been said. Yeah. Sorry, man, go on. No, go on. I recast Jason Bourne um, with George Clooney. So not only does he have the best Batman film, he'll also have the best spy film. Stop! Stop <laughs> doing Stop. This. Stop this fucking nonsense. <laughs> Thinking of disrespect. Joel Schumacher is a stain on Batman. <laughs> not George Clooney. No, but it's not the best film, is it? <laughs> Even you in your heart of hearts just knows that's not true. Um, now that it's been said, I do actually like Clooney. Didn't he do 
he's done a few spy films, hasn't he? I'm um, sure he has. He's done just about he look, everything. He looks the type, doesn't he? Ooh. The notion's on me if you can't that's more host. Yeah, I, and now that it's been said, I genuinely wouldn't mind, wouldn't have minded McConaughey having a crack at this. I think I watch. I think I watch it. I can see um, Donald Sutherland in it um, as Don Kiefer. Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, which yeah, one? Jack Bauer. Yeah. No, not in this. well. I mean, you could potentially see him in it also, but I was thinking Donald. No, wait. Are you thinking I've got the name wrong? No, I was just asking a genuine question. Oh, Donald right, okay. being the dad, being the older one. I know he's about that. He's the age of, probably about the right age. But Kiefer must have been a, must have been up there by this stage. He's yeah, old yeah. playing Jack Bauer. Yeah. Great reference in this to Jack Bauer. Oh, I know you're a big yeah, fan. Very disrespected TV show. It is. It's brilliant. It's one of the best. There's a, we forgot to mention Mr. Echo as a, as a cameo appearance. I don't know what you're on about. Mr. Echo what? from uh, Lost. from Lost. One bad cameo? Is it not just what? the actor? <laughs> I've never seen Lost, so that would meant absolutely zero to me. More oh, disrespect. Right. <laughs> well, I know how it ends. I don't need to watch nine series of it, do I? <laughs> well, you know your interpretation of the ending, so <laughs> I always <laughs> like these endings where they really yeah, do exactly. it down to your imagination. <laughs> Did you watch the Titanic? <laughs> Fucking hell, yeah. I didn't enjoy that. That didn't leave it down to your imagination. If that's, if that's where you're going. <laughs> No, but I knew the boat was going to sink, didn't I? Yeah. And they Every time I watch it, there's still it. part of me thinks it might not sink. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> off, oh, <gosh>, Sean. <laughs> Jack, do you have a recasting for us? I, I would have liked to have seen John Boyega as Exu, but I think Keenan's completely right where they would have just tried to just almost muddy the film if that makes sense by trying to take it a certain way Jack O'Connell was also another good shout but he's, he's done a lot like startup and things as well hasn't he so um, I always like to go for the comedic ones because I think it would be funny like David Spade my recast or Jim Carrey was it The Fugitive or the Jim Carrey I can't remember probably uh, no, I, I think I'm sticking with those. I think you can go with um, either Natalie Portman as Marie or Marion Cotillard. Adam Sandler is Jason Bourne. <laughs> that would be very Marion Cotillard, yeah, that's not a bad shout, Byron. Don't mind that. She'd have to... Turn as a double agent, though, seemingly in every film she does. So, yeah, I think wouldn't work in this. Um, if the cast swapped, which film works best? I don't think they really do this week for me. I think you can do Kingsman better with, I think you can do Bourne better with Kingsman's cast than you can do Kingsman with Bourne's cast. Okay. I won't argue. I don't. I don't I you, don't enough, you don't have enough leads to do Kingsman with the Bourne cast. Yeah. No, I didn't really do. I didn't put. I, I thought about it and couldn't quite make it work in my head, so I gave up on it fairly quickly this week. I won't lie. Um, if you had to add Tom Cruise to one and The Rock to the other, which way would you go? Tom Cruise goes into Bourne for me. Yeah, and Rock. Yeah. Put the Rock in as Samuel L. Jackson's role. 
Yeah, we'll just have him as just stick him in as a henchman and just have Colin Farrell. Give him knife legs. <laughs> now that I would that like to see. Unreal. <laughs> Sensational. I want to see that. Can Give him a knife arm and let him drop the people out on someone. Samuel. He'd have to have like tribal blades. Yeah, and just let him drop the people's elbow on someone and just take take their arm clean off. <laughs> well, that just about does us for today. So next week, as I said, the last week before we get into our Christmas episodes, and it is a big one, we have Deadpool up against John Wick. That is a big boy. Yeah, big fan. Big fan of this. I'm pretty sure Keenan and Jack are both big John Wick fans, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. Yeah, for sure. I'm a massive Deadpool fan as well, so this is going to be tough. I do like Deadpool. I can't wait to not really that big a John Wick fan. Pardon? Not really that big a John Wick fan, but uh, it might change rewatching. I, <laughs> I would somewhat agree with you, but I do enjoy it. So I'm real. I'll end this down uh, <laughs> before this rustling geek sends me into an early grave. <laughs> It'll be the rustlers, mate. Not the rustling. <laughs> So anyway, thanks again for listening. I only just clocked that reference. <laughs> I thought you just meant there was more than one of you doing it. No, no. Um, <laughs> that was nice. Thank you. So, so, I, I thought I was really underappreciated. I was quite pleased. <laughs> it was it was too good to be appreciated. <laughs> like a clever comedy where they just yeah. it's a terrible film, so they just say the jokes when you read. Um, thanks again for listening to another edition of Movie Madness. We'll be back. Goodbye.